This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm doing really good. Thank you so much. Why does everybody seem just so quiet? Mm, You guys are just ready to hear the message, right? I believe that. I believe it. I'm super excited to be here tonight. I'm glad it's November. I love Thanksgiving. I love holidays. How many of you don't like that we just skip the Christmas, though, or you really like it. So here's the, I'll ask the first question. How many of you do not like that we skip Thanksgiving and just start celebrating Christmas? Okay. How many of you love that we just go straight to Christmas? Yeah, Christmas supporters. I don't really care. I'm indifferent. You'll find that out about me. Don't really care. But I do think it's kind of weird that we act like Thanksgiving doesn't exist, but whatever. Christmas is cool. Yeah, I believe it. That's what we all do. Well, I am excited. How many of you like to watch prank videos? Yeah. How many of you, how many of you don't like to, like they make you cringe? See, that's me. When I watch prank videos, I start to feel really awkward. I put myself in the shoes of being there, and I'm like, this is so cringy. It's so weird. Like, when the dude is, like, trying to get a girl's number, and he's like, does it with, like, some weird thing. I don't know. I don't know. It just makes me uncomfortable. I don't like prank videos. But there, there's the simple ones that I don't really mind that are, like, you know, they're innocent pranks, like, filling someone's office up with balloons or post-it notes on someone's car, jumping out of the closet to scare somebody. Or when I was in high school, for some reason, I don't know why this was a prank, but it was a prank that they would grab baloney and they would throw it at the windshield of your car and just leave it there. I don't know, it didn't seem like much of a prank to me, but they thought it was really funny. Like, after lunch, they'd sneak out during study hall, and they'd just slap baloney on people's windshields, and you'd come out, and you'd be like, I got baloney again. I don't know. 
Then you'd pull it off, and there'd be a ring of grease right there. Yeah, pretty disgusting. One time, I was sitting in my basement, and one of my buddies came and slammed baloney on my window to my basement. So I thought I was about to get murdered, but it was just, just baloney. Yeah. Sorry, I jumped to the absolute extreme, hear a knock, and I'm about to die. Sometimes, though, there are pranks that they go too far. Like, they're not these simple ones that are pretty innocent and they're funny and we can all laugh about. You know, like the ones where somebody spray paints your car just for laughs. Or they, like, dump a smelly fish tank on someone's bed while they're sleeping to wake them up. Or when someone gets pushed into the pool unexpectedly and you have, like, your phone in your pocket, your shoes are on, you're fully clothed, you're not looking to get in the water, and somebody just comes by you and goes, Is that it? I don't know if that's ever happened to you guys. It's happened to me, like, one time ever. Made me really, really, really mad. Not a big fan of those pranks. That's not a prank. That's just being a jerk. So if any of those pranks like happened to me, and like I said, that one did, it's really difficult for me, and I would find it really difficult, to not start just plotting revenge on them right away. Like how many of you are revenge people? Like you're going to get them back for the prank that they played on you. Yeah. And let's be honest, even if I did get you back because you did this prank to me that ticked me off so much, it still would be hard for me to look at you the same. Like, even if I got even, I'd look at you and be like, ah, that jerk. And after some pranks that happen, I find it hard, and I I can't help but wonder, like, how could those people in that video ever forgive and move on from that prank? Like, that person was actually being mean, and what they did was terrible. Like, how could they forgive And move on from that. And sometimes the things that make us angry or make us hold a grudge towards someone are worse than a bad prank. Like sometimes the things that happen to us that you start to build up resentment about, it's a lot worse than some prank that someone does to you. For example, maybe your issue started on a Friday night when no one in your friend group made any plans. No one made plans, you guys weren't doing anything. So you stayed home, you turned on some Netflix, you got under the blankets, you kicked back, you grabbed some hot Cheetos, you scrolled through your Insta feed, and then you look and you see a picture of your friends hanging out without you. See, and even though you publicly shrugged it off, you publicly acted like, ah, it's not that big of a deal, it still bothers you today. They ruined your Friday night. They ruined that night where you're supposed to have fun, do stuff. They hurt your feelings. Everyone was invited except for you. And now you're reevaluating your so-called friends, right? Or maybe your resentment or anger is the result of like a direct hit on your character. Somebody came for the jugular. Maybe one of your supposed friends talked really, really bad about you to one of your least favorite people at school. They knew what they were doing. Now you're bitter against them. Even if they're clueless about your feelings, like they ruined your reputation. They ticked you off. Like that was your enemy, 
someone that you didn't like at all, and they went to them and started talking badly about you. You thought that friend had your back, like they'd always be there to defend you, but instead, they just exposed you. See, bitterness isn't just reserved for our friends at school, though, right? Like, we all have felt that feeling before when family does something that just brings about all those bad feelings, those bad vibes that come on when your parents do something that just bothers you. See, maybe your parents said no to you going to this super awesome party where everyone was invited, all your friends were going, it's going to be a really good time, and your parents said no. You don't get to go to that. Maybe they said no to you borrowing the car. Maybe they said no to just about everything that you feel like you asked to do. Like every time you ask to do anything, the answer is no. You don't even know why you ask anymore. See, and siblings can find their way into that hit list too, right? Remember when your sister borrowed your favorite shirt without permission, she didn't even ask, and she completely stained it at lunch at school and ruined it. Or maybe you're the oldest in your family and you have now become the Uber driver for your younger siblings. You are the Uber driver for your younger siblings and the best part about it is your pay is zero dollars. So between soccer, soccer practice, study groups, them going to the movies with their friends, you now have a grudge that's not going to stop until your brother or your sister turns 30 years old. Like they have basically ruined your life now, and it just keeps getting worse. They just keep asking to do more and more, and your parents say, that's on you. Go take them. Like this isn't why you got your license, right? Like why are you the one responsible for driving him around anyways? See, if we're honest, something about that little bit of bitterness that builds up in us, that bitterness when someone does something that hurts you, it starts to feel kind of sweet. Like sometimes you want to hold on to that annoyance, that bitterness, that frustration. Like how many of you can relate that sometimes you start to like that feeling that you have where you're like, I'm not letting go of it. See, what do you do with the worst stuff that happens to you? Especially when you can't stop thinking about it and it's absolutely gripping you. See, when we are young, it typically goes something like this. Someone does something wrong to you. An adult says, say you're sorry. The other person says a half-hearted sorry. And we all kind of move on, right? See, it's really hard to quickly switch from being hurt to accepting an apology and forgiving the person who hurt you. And the thing about it is, is it doesn't really get any easier. Like you may think that because you're young, that people are hurting you or your parents and this and that. And then once you grow up, it's going to be okay. But the thing is, is for the rest of our lives, people are going to hurt you and you're going to have to forgive them. And you probably won't be surprised to hear that this feeling of bitterness is not a new concept. Like, this is what we talk about here at Tribe. These things that we talk about actually go way back. 
all the way back to Bible times. And as long as there have been people, there's been bitterness in the world. And the Bible actually addresses this very issue. About 2,000 years ago, the church was just getting started. And one of the main leaders of the early church was a man named Paul. And at the time, Paul was just a massive, popular public figure in Christian culture. But there was, there was a catch. He was really popular, but being popular and liked by Christians meant that he was hated by people who weren't Christians. Meaning because he was a high-profile believer, he was also a really big target to those who were not fans of Jesus at all. And you might ask yourself, well, like, what kind of target was he? What do you mean by such a big target? Well, here are a few ways that Paul suffered by publicly serving Christ. He was put in prison, not once, but over and over. He was beaten. And when I say beaten, he was flogged, which means beaten with a whip or a bat. He was stoned, which means beaten with literal high-speed rocks. Like, this guy went through it. Like, this is the kind of fame that you guys don't dream of wanting. Like, when you think of, oh, I want to be popular, I want to be famous, and I also want to get beaten with rocks and whips? No. See, here's this guy who's trying to help people. He's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to serve God. And this is how he's treated. See, it's not, it's not great at all what he's going through. If anyone deserved to be bitter, it was Paul. Like He was doing everything he could to make the lives of people around him better. And in turn, all he faced was cruel punishment. See, but what Paul says about bitterness is actually the opposite of what you would expect from someone who went through this. In one of his letters to the church in Thessalonica, Paul encouraged the new Christians there and challenged them. He challenged them to live differently than the people around them. Live differently from the world. See, one verse in particular takes this really interesting approach to this very idea of bitterness and forgiveness. And it says, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. And this is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. So like maybe you're thinking, wow, like that wrong for wrong, like that's revenge. That's a really strong word. I'm not really someone who's into revenge. So I don't really have to worry about it. Like I'm not sitting in a dark room plotting to get back at whoever wronged me. But maybe Paul, when he says this verse, when he wrote this verse, he isn't just talking about revenge, right? He's talking about not continuing this cycle of wrongdoing. See, maybe paying back wrong for wrong could sound like he never apologized, so I can't forgive him. He didn't apologize to me, so I'm not going to forgive him. Or they don't deserve my forgiveness or my friendship after what they did to me. It just hurt too bad. Or they didn't earn my forgiveness. Or they haven't paid for what they did 
She hurt me, so I'm going to hurt her. See, now Paul had some legit reasons to be upset. Like, we talked about that. He had some legit reasons. His frustrations were even more frustrating than that salsa stain on your t-shirt that your sister wore. More frustrating than FOMO of being left out of your friend group. See, people were treating him badly just for how he was living his life. He was living his life for Jesus, and they didn't like it. Like, I would classify beatings for good behavior as overreacting, right? Like, you are doing all the right things, and you get beat for it just doesn't add up. But even though Paul had suffered, and he had suffered in such an unfair way, he didn't believe that his mistreatment required revenge. Instead, he writes this. But always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. So think about this for a second. Not only is he saying we're supposed to keep ourselves from paying someone back wrong for wrong, but we're also supposed to be nice to them? Like, that doesn't seem fair. Like, they wronged me. What do I have to do this for? It doesn't seem fair at all. And you know what? The truth is, it isn't. And that's the thing. Jesus changes how we see everything, especially when we look at forgiveness. See, Paul understood a fundamental truth about bitterness and about forgiveness and holding on to hurt. And that truth is, is that the more you hold on to a grudge, the more it holds on to you. See, a grudge is like a weight that you carry with you. Picture it, picture it this way. Like every morning, you put on a backpack, and you have to carry that backpack around with you everywhere you go. No matter what, it stays on. It's locked on. And you keep filling it with weights every single time someone wrongs you and you hold a grudge. Every single time someone hurts you and you don't forgive them. See, what? Whenever you replay that offense that someone did over and over in your mind without any intention of doing anything about it. Like you don't plan on doing anything about it, but you keep replaying it over and over in your head. Add a weight to the bag. Or you complain to others in hopes of getting people to turn against that person who did something to you. That's another weight in the backpack. Or you make up your mind that you're never going to forgive that person ever in your life, no matter what they do or what they say, because what they did was too wrong. That's another weight. Or you decide that you're going to cancel that person for good. Like you're done with them. Add another weight. See, the weight of the offense only harms you. Like you keep adding weight to the bag. And your day-to-day -day life is going to get trapped and weighed down of being consumed by this unforgiveness. Like, it's going to get really heavy, and it's going to be all you can think about. And when I was growing up, I had people who were close to me who hurt me. People that said things to me that in the same breath would say they loved me that I didn't ever want to forgive. The words hurt too bad. 
people who did things to me that I didn't think it was ever possible for me to forgive. People who, when I was around them, I immediately felt anxious, depressed, and alone because of the things that they had done. You see, when I was growing up, I, I thought forgiveness was only for the other person, and I didn't want to give them the satisfaction that it was okay. I didn't want to forgive them because I, I didn't care about who the person was that wronged me. I didn't think forgiveness had anything to do about me. But the truth is, forgiveness is for us too. See, forgiveness is a conscious decision to let go of someone's debt to us and never expect them to make up for it. See, it's your way of letting go of revenge and negative emotions that hold us back. So when we start to let go of the hurt, the bitterness, the resentment, they no longer get to control how we feel and our feelings don't control us. See, it's really, really difficult to do. And I can say from personal experience that I didn't like it. But as I've grown up, I've noticed that all that weight that I was carrying, everything that I was holding on to that hurt me, that that weight that I was holding hurt me way more. That it made every single day feel like a chore until I could choose to forgive them. So let's be clear. We're, we're by no means saying that people who treat you unfairly, abuse you, or take advantage of you get a free pass. They don't get a free pass to just keep doing it. So if you're experiencing any kind of abuse, like this is your encouragement and your permission to have a conversation with a trusted adult peer or someone else that you trust. See, the gospel tells us that Jesus set the example of forgiveness when he died on the cross, right? See, he showed us how to be selfless and forgive because he knew it was going to be really, really hard. See, he knew that we would want to pay back wrong for wrong and hold on to our bitterness and our hurt. But Jesus wants us to forgive others just, just like he forgave us. Forgiving the people who hurt us is in our best interest. And Jesus wants us to live a healthy and whole life. One that you can't live when you hold on to grudges and bitterness. See, to clarify though, forgiveness is not that you aren't hurt. It's not that the other person shouldn't experience consequences for their actions. It doesn't mean the relationship stays 100% the same. It doesn't mean that you can't still set boundaries in your life. It doesn't mean that you condone the offense, that you approve of it. It doesn't mean that you still date that person. It doesn't mean you stay quiet if someone is hurting you or hurting other people. See, speaking up is not tattletaling or getting someone punished. It's loving yourself and telling a trusted adult to keep yourself and others safe. See, speaking up is just being honest for the good of everyone. 
And forgiveness, it isn't like this magic band-aid that makes everything better. And it never makes what someone did okay or right. But it is the first step towards healing and for a better tomorrow for us to look forward to. See, if you're wondering that if you're holding on to bitterness still, like you don't know for sure, am I still holding on to resentment, bitterness, a grudge, I want you to ask yourself some of these questions. Ask yourself now and just think for a second, is this me? Like, do you have arguments with someone in your head? Like, you know those internal conversations where you're telling them how you really feel? Like, you're like, if I just got the chance to tell them this, and then you replay the whole, you play the whole thing in your head? Are you giving a close friend or family member the silent treatment? Where you're like, ah, I'm not talking to them anymore. I'm just going to be quiet until they tell me they're sorry. Or do you consistently subtweet comments or in person to someone you do those little sly things that maybe not everyone will understand but you know it will hurt that person when you say it or do you leave passive aggressive comments on someone's instagram pictures or screenshot them and then send them to your friends with a snarky comment yeah that one even gets me sometimes, if we're being honest. See, do you think about ways that you can pay someone back for what they did to you six months ago? See, if you answered yes to any of those questions, you might be experiencing bitterness. But have you ever thought about, ever thought about this? That holding on to resentment and being bitter is actually bad for you. Because here's the thing. You can technically be right. You can have the truth on your side, but it doesn't change the fact that you're stuck in negativity. It doesn't change the fact that you have yourself just balled up in bad emotions. And that negative place, that negative place can take a toll on you. Let me show you what I mean. Now, I realize that many of you are, are stuck in like real pain. Like some of you have been hurt like deeply by people who you care about, by people who you thought loved you. And that makes things really, really complicated. Because your hurt is justified. And so is your anger. But I can promise you this. That the only way you can find freedom from the anger and the resentment is to forgive the other person, even if they don't deserve it. Even if they're not sorry. Maybe even especially if they're not sorry. Because what forgiveness really means is to forgive and to give it before someone else is sorry or even deserves it. See, Jesus gave us forgiveness long before we deserved it. And if we're being honest, we still don't deserve it. See, this radical grace that Jesus gave us by dying on the cross is something 
That's almost impossible to fathom, that type of forgiveness. And I realize that it's hard. And it's asking a lot. And it's not going to be something that happens just overnight, right? But here are, here are three steps that you can take to get to freedom from bitterness and unforgiveness. And the first one is acknowledge your feelings. See, it's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be upset, angry, sad, or disappointed. No one is telling you that you have to stop feeling those things. And pretending like those feelings aren't there doesn't make them go away either. It just buries them down deeper and deeper. And the second step is don't let your feelings control you. So you can give up your right to revenge. Even when your anger says, I deserve to get them back. Like, they hurt me. I deserve to do something to get them back. So you can work to let go of your feelings of anger and resentment and frustration instead of being held hostage by them day by day. And finally, third step is repeat. See, there is no overnight success in escaping bitterness. I say that from someone who has gone through it, by someone who's still learning. It's a process. Like, it takes time, and sometimes it takes a lot of time. So keep taking one step, and then taking it again, and again, and again. And band, you can make your way on up as we finish up here. But look, I get it. Like, forgiving someone feels like the other person is getting something from you. Getting something from you that maybe they don't deserve. But as we wrap up tonight, I want you to think about this. What are you getting from holding on to the bitterness? So if you could stop replaying that offense over and over in your mind, how much time would you get back in your life? If you could let go of your need to be right all the time, how much less stress would you feel? If you could let go of your need to make things perfectly fair, what else could you be doing? See, I know it sounds like counterintuitive or unreasonable. It sounds unfair. And most of all, it sounds kind of impossible sometimes. But even though this feels like giving up power on your end, like letting go actually empowers you to be free. You're not giving up power. You're taking control of everything and saying that emotion and that person doesn't control how I feel. It allows you to finally be released from that poisonous resentment that eats away at you and robs you of your joy of life. See, when we let go, when we're kind to those who have mistreated us, we take that first step from hurt towards healing. Because forgiving someone 
is the best thing you can do with the worst stuff that happens to you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for bringing us all here tonight. I pray that as we sit here and think about this bitterness, about unforgiveness, about grudges, about resentment, Lord, that you would help us to be free from those feelings. I pray that as it feels like it's just taking a grip on us, that we would take the first step to being free from it. It doesn't mean that our hurts aren't real. It doesn't mean that the pain didn't happen and doesn't exist. But it does mean that we can take control. We can take that thought captive. We can forgive that person and be free from all the anger, all the sadness, all the bitterness that builds up inside. I pray that if there's anyone in this room who feels trapped, who feels just locked up by bitterness, that you'd free them from that tonight. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the forgiveness that you gave us. And we love you. In your name we pray.